previously on Timehole. Oh no! <laughs> Welcome to the 17th of July 1949. We're fully immersed in post-World War II recovery programs and the start of the Cold War. We previously went to 1940, and that sucked. <laughs> yeah, so now we're in 1949. Maybe it'll be better. So tell us what you want us to review. I am commanding both of you to watch and review the Academy Award-winning 1949 film All the King's Men. Oh, jeez. Oh, Working in the garage late one night, producer and computer programmer Gabe Dannon was attempting to create a sentient podcasting AI when he accidentally stumbled upon the code for time travel. With the materials he had at hand, Gabe built a machine he was certain would carry him into the past. With his trusty friend Anastasia Vigo by his side, he embarked on the maiden voyage. But an error in the machinery sent the duo hurling through random dates, unable to move on until they review a work of pop culture. Are Gabe and Anastasia forever trapped in the time hole? We are in a time hole. Oh, geez. <laughs> it never gets any easier, does it? No. I would say it gets harder. Yeah. The longer the longer we're in it, the more of a drag it becomes. We miss our loved ones. Mm-hmm. Um, I, our pets. My plants are probably dead. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, mean, we can maybe just... not, actually. Maybe we'll go back exactly where we left, right? Yeah. Yeah. We're the ones doing the missing. I. We're, I'm hoping our loved ones won't even notice we were gone. Yeah, they think we're having a couple brew dogs in the garage right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yes, we've been in this time hole for some time. I am Gabe. I'm Anastasia. And Stas, we are in the year 1949. Yeah, that's, that is true. In deep summer, July 17th. We've bounced around a little bit. How do you feel about the decades just generally right now? That's such a good question. Okay. So 70s and later, I think, are my favorites because I just feel the most connected to it. Mm -hmm. Uh, 70s, 80s are great. Uh, 60s, we haven't been to yet, have we? Oh, no, we haven't. That's interesting. Yeah. So so I'd love to go to the 60s. That would be fun. Yeah. Uh, That would be... What, uh, groovy? Is that what I should say? <laughs> yeah, that's what you should say. It would be groovy. It would be far out, I think. Oh, my gosh. That would be really far out. Okay. <laughs> um. So, yeah. And then these decades, 40s, 50s, it's like I'm on an alien planet, really. Yeah. It's so different. Like, the the 40s is the, the furthest back we've gone, and... Yeah, it's it is wild. I I do feel like there's a bit of culture shock, which is funny because we're in our own country. But yeah, everyone's always saying "see," you know. They don't just want to say what they want to say; they want you to see what they say. <laughs> do you understand what I'm saying? See, uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? See, they do want you <laughs> to. They do want you to see what they're saying. Hmm. And that is hard because you can't, you know, it's sounds, it's not pictures. (laughs) So true. Too true. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) So Adele, who is our our AI, Mm -hmm. who has been taking us from year to year with, with no control or input from us and making us review pieces of art from that year. It's like it's a little like a mystery science theater, you know. They they have to watch cheesy movies. We've got something like that. Yeah, I think she's maybe she watched some mystery science theater, maybe she watched some Quantum Leap and she kind of like got some idea that like she's supposed to hurl us to random dates and force us to do things. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, what it's just all a it's a mishmash of different ideas, but 
And I have to say, I have a love-hate relationship with Adele. Like, I love her because she's so, you know, kind. she has this, like, gentle British voice. <laughs> and she provides us with information and our only connection to our home time. But she is kind of torturing us a little bit. Yeah, I agree. Um, I have to blame myself a little for it because I built her. Gabe, you know, no. At the direction of my, um, you know, my mentor. Yeah, uh, Mustang um, O'Malley. Um, my, your mentor, your science mentor, my, my science improv mentor. teacher. Yeah, uh, I took three hundred one with him. <laughs> yeah. Um, I he taught me everything about JavaScript and mm-hmm. um, temporal mechanics. Yeah, and he coached uh, one of my side teams that I put together, uh, Stanky Doodle. <laughs> I saw you guys. I yeah, saw you, you guys. saw us perform a couple times. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we we weren't a house team. You know, we just kind of did it on the side, and and he was kind enough to coach us and. You know, I learned a lot from him, you know, about just how to remember things. I mean, he just really and, you know, he I I, I can do a callback because of Mustang O'Malley. Yeah. And I can, uh, you know, write the code that will send us around in time <laughs> because of him. And let's just add that he was a man or is He's still with us. He's just back in our time. He's in in our time. We might be able to find him like in his past when he was a child and stuff. I mean, he like, you know, grew up in the in the 70s. Like, you know, we probably could run into him at some point. Yeah. We'll uh, we'll see if that happens. Yeah. You know, you never know. I mean, maybe Adele has some kind of secret agenda so that we learn some kind of lesson and you know it would be very poetic for us to learn that lesson from our mentor maybe in a different time hmm interesting so we'll see wow you're giving me a lot to think about much like mustang o'malley gave me a lot to think about uh when we talked about committing to the bit yeah I've always known you to be very good at that. Yeah, I commit. I commit to the bet. Um, I wish I had had Mustang O'Malley for 301. Yeah, you didn't. Who did you have for I 301? Had, I had Greg Tukulescu. <laughs> yeah. I, well, he's great. He's great. He's very he's good great. at improv. Great guy. Yeah. Yes. So in her infinite wisdom, we'll say Adele has selected a piece of art for us to watch this week. Um, piece of art, you can you can determine if if it falls under that. Yeah, is it art? I don't know. Also, what, what is art? I mean, these are big questions that maybe we'll answer. Yeah. Okay. Let's write that down. That we should okay. discuss what art is. Um, we have to watch all the King's Men. It's a movie that is out right now mm-hmm. in the theaters, and will go on to to win a lot of Oscars. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'm guessing it'll be good. Yeah, it's probably, you know, the Academy Awards, they only give awards to great films. <laughs> That's true. Undeniable. So uh, we'll see. Anyway, so we're going to go, we're going to spend the week in 1949. We will reconvene here in the time machine um, and we'll discuss what we did and we will we'll discuss the 1949 film. All the King's Men, mm-hmm. rated R. <laughs> no, it's not. Okay, I don't know. They, they didn't have those kinds of ratings. Yeah, back then. it was just PG because, or like G, I guess, because everyone watched everything back then. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we will have watched All the King's Men, nineteen forty nine, rated E for everyone. <laughs> Yeah. And I'll see you in a week. Okay. Have fun, Gabe. Uh, I'll see you you in a week. Okay. Wow, look at all these buildings and old-timey cars. This is cool. 
Wow, look, see, you're some kind of little number. Excuse me? I said you're some kind of little number, see? Oh, I I see. See? You see? <laughs> yes, I see. You don't look like you're from around here. I'm not. I'm from uh I'm from upstate. You dress funny for someone upstate, see? You're not a Russian, are you? A red commie? Pinko? <laughs> oh, oh, wow. No, 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 no. I'm American born and raised, red, white, and blue running through my veins. These colors don't run. Uncle Sam, that's my man, and all of that. Okay. That checks out. You're a dapper American. What's your name? Dan. And yes, I am dapper, but don't call me Dapper Dan. I don't like that. Oh, okay. Sorry. I didn't mean to insinuate you were Dapper Dan. See? <laughs> yes, I see. Um, and you you hate the Reds, Dan? I do. I'm a loyal capitalist. I love companies and I love giving my money to them because they make this country great. A CEO has never done anything wrong. See? Oh, jeez. I won't even wear red. I burn through red lights. I won't talk to my neighbor Fred or tell him that the bread is ready because all that stuff's got red in it. But none of that has anything to do with communism. Hmm. You seem awfully familiar with what is and is not communist. Do I need to report you? No, 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 no. I'm, I'm just a regular old corn-fed American. Baseball and apple pie. <laughs> well, okay. You sure talk like an American. Well, I'll be keeping an eye on you, see? Yes, I see. I'll be seeing you, see? Yes, I see. <laughs> see? <laughs> Stas, we are here back again for another classic biz seg. I love biz seg. I think it's the best seg in this podcast. <laughs> Yeah, we've gotten a lot of uh, comments about the biz seg, mostly people saying more biz seg, make yeah. it longer and actually on not just once every episode. Uh, yeah, maybe do a whole biz seg episode where it's nothing but biz seg. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. So uh, as we mentioned before in past biz seg, Adele can bring us messages from our time we were so homesick. We were like, please, Adele, connect us with our time. Yeah. And we can get news, as we said last week. So, like, we know what's going on uh, in the current time. Like, we heard about the president getting, uh, the last president getting indicted again. <laughs> yeah. We saw some political cartoons about it. Yeah. <laughs> so, if you want to get in touch with us, there's actually multiple ways for you to do that. You can follow us on Instagram at timeholepod. Mm -hmm. You could go to our website, timehole.biz, yeah. and there's a contact page there, right? Yeah. Uh, website looks really good, I think. Came out nice. I don't yeah, know. I'm I wonder who made it. a little. <laughs> but I think it came out nice. I think it's beautiful. It's a beautiful website. Go check it out. Thank you. And then we also have an email address. What is that, Gabe? It's hello at timehole.biz. Wow. So say hi to us. Send yeah. us an email. We'd love to we'd love to hear from you. However yeah, you can tell get us, in touch. Tell us the news. What's going on uh, in your life personally? Um and yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're sleeping alone most nights away from our loved ones often in hostels or you know YMCAs Run down. yeah lots of lots of YMCAs lots of shady motels mm -hmm. that i go to cuz they only say they have cable television <laughs> <laughs> not this year they're like not what, this what year. is that yeah cable we, television we don't even have a television in our hotel you're lucky you get a radio <laughs> Adele, anything else you want to add? Dear listeners, if you've been enjoying your travels through the time hole with us, we'd be over the moon if you could pop over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a smashing five-star review. Your wonderful words help more time travel enthusiasts like yourselves discover our show. Thank you ever so much. 
chums. Oh, Adele. Um, that- yeah. I wouldn't have asked. Um, no, that's that's so gauche to just straight out ask for five stars. She did say chums, which is cute. <laughs> I did like that. Um, yeah, um, we wouldn't have come out and said to do that. I mean, now that it's out there, if you do want to do that, I mean, we we like them. It I mean, makes I guess- us feel good. You know what? We actually have a, a five-star review right here. Should we read it? Yeah, we got a five-star review. That's so nice already. Um, it's from Josh, and it says, uh, subject, lovable people. Oh. And the review says, warm, funny people. Good show. Wow. Very sweet, succinct review. Thank you, Josh. That was Thank very, you, Josh. very sweet. Actually, I really needed to hear that I'm lovable, warm, and funny right now. Because you know what? Sometimes I don't feel that way. You know what? It's hard to feel that way in 1949. I feel like everyone's coming for everyone during this time. Yeah, exactly. No one's telling me I'm lovable. That's for sure. Mm-mm. No, but you are, Gabe. Oh, thank so, you. Thank you, Josh, for pointing it out. We appreciate it. <laughs> thanks josh um that's it yeah that's all i think that's all the biz that we have to seg this week right <laughs> yep that's all the biz we're segging uh now back to the show great biz segue okay all right we're back hey um hi stars how's it going it's good. Uh, I've just had a week. Um, Ugh, you just I've had, had a week. A week. <laughs> Why don't you tell me about your week in the year 1949? Well, first, um, I realized I stuck out quite a bit, you know? Yeah. I immediately was approached by a man who called me a number. Um, <laughs> and I was really trying to not show my hand of being a future person. Right. But, you know, I I don't like being catcalled on the street, you know? I Yeah. I, but he was an interesting guy. But anyway, so I was like, I need to fit in real quick. So I went to a salon to get my hair cut. Mm-hmm. And um, fashion in 1949, I've realized, changed a lot after World War II. In 1947, apparently there was like a Parisian fashion invasion. Mm. So hairstyles were very influenced by Paris and a lot of people were getting very short hair. Um, Styles with names such as the shingle, the feather cut, the French scissors cut, or the cherub cut. So uh, I went with the shingle cut, which is like this, this lady in the middle here. It looks cool. Very short in the back and much longer in the front and on top with little curls around your your face. Yeah. Very cute, I thought. Yeah, it's a this good This is look. not something I really think about when I think about the 40s, but this is the late 40s. We're going into the 50s, so, you know, hairstyles are changing. And I also got some clothes. Pleated skirts and pencil skirts are really popular this is a, a little pleated skirt with some like funky geometric accents. Again, this like looks very Parisian. That looks cool. It kind of looks like you've got like uh, some kind of mechanical arms. <laughs> and did you wear the, uh, what would you call that material? The like mesh veil. The mesh veil. That looks yeah. Cool. So gloves, hats, veils uh, were very popular fascinators which are tiny hats (laughs) (laughs) um i did get tiny hats with little veils this is a pencil skirt it this is also interesting because you know women during world war ii went into the workforce and um some women continued to do jobs like secretaries and stuff and this looks like a kind of business outfit kind of thing so I feel like fashion went in kind of a business way. But, you know, I wanted some casual pieces, too. So I bought some Fruit of the Loom dresses. And here's a little advertisement. It says, look your prettiest every day. 
Wow. <laughs> I thought they just did the old tidy whities Yeah, I thought they were exclusively a Michael Jordan underwear <laughs> company. But yeah, these dresses have like very vibrant prints. Again, they have like big pleated skirts and it was popular to have like a really skinny waist and big hips, which would change in the early 50s uh, where they would do like more slender hips. So this advertisement, I was like, you know, I'm just going to get a dress for hanging around the house, you know? Yeah. I also was like, you know what? Let me go check out some art. So I went to the MoMA in New York and they had this recent acquisitions exhibition. Here's some photos from it. It's all in black and white. Sorry, there's no color film just wasn't a a thing yet. But I saw a Jackson Pollock painting. He was a pretty big deal around this time. There's also this uh, Mondrian um, that's this like squares. Oh yeah, on the left hand side. I've never told you about my hate of Mondrian before. Oh have no, I? no. Why do you? I hate think him? that guy sucks. I don't know why, but every time I see some Mondrian, I'm like, get that shit out of my eyes. You um, is it is it like a? I just don't like how it looks visually, or is it like a? I could do that. He's phoning it in, sort of thing. Um. I don't know, because I don't really mind, like, a geometric look. It's just that these ones are just, like, maybe so simplistic or, like, I don't know. Maybe I just want to see something diagonal. I don't know what it is. (laughs) I don't know, but I see it, and it makes me me angry. It's like a visceral reaction. I'll get this out of your face. I'm... If I'm being perfectly honest, this is not my favorite era of art. I don't love minimalism. I don't love Jackson Pollock. No. The, um, you know, those. What are they called? Expressionist guys. Those paint splatters are a metaphor for him jizzing all over. (laughs) Right. Well, I think you're not wrong because that group of guys, the, um, the abstract expressionists abstract expressionists in new york they were all these dudes who came back from the war and they were like we're real men but we have feelings you know they put all of this like masculinity and aggression into their artwork but they also put it into their social scene like there were women abstract expressionists but they were treated poorly by the men in that scene. They weren't allowed to hang. You know, there was like a bar that they all hung out at. Also, there were queer artists at this time, like Robert Rauschenberg, who the abstract expressionist guys made fun of. And if I'm being honest, Robert Rauschenberg is the superior artist. Like his artwork is truly incredible. And like visually stunning, like conceptually interesting. I yeah. just don't feel the same way about Jackson Pollock's paintings. Um, I think he's a douche. Yeah, he's a douche. <laughs> and by the way, they should, you know, show their masculinity the the normal way by comparing the size of the fish they catch. <laughs> Little callback uh, to last week. Yeah, I I think that is the proper pissing contest. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But anyways, it was nice walking around the MoMA. They had some interesting stuff on view. But I was exhausted after all that shopping and looking at art. So I just wanted to go listen to the radio. And I happened upon an episode of Dragnet, which was a radio show at this time. Um, It was created by Jack Webb, who was uh, a cop lover. Mm. And here's a cute photo of a very young Jack Webb in front of a radio microphone that says NBC. And he's saying, smoke Fatima cigarettes. Buy Fatima for quality. Extra mild. Best of all king-size cigarettes. You didn't save him, Jack. Sorry. I never (laughs) even heard of a Fatima cigarette. So they didn't make it. So uh, Jack Webb, like his character 
in Dragnet um, smokes a lot. And so he did a ton of cigarette advertisements. And I actually have one. I don't have it with me right now. But um, so he didn't stay loyal to Fatima either. He would oh, okay. do other. He would do Chesterfields and stuff he like that. He just loved the concept of smoking. Oh, yeah. 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 He thought it was cool and fun and made you look good and tough. And so, was good for humanity. And was good for your health. <laughs> <laughs> so let's just listen to a tiny snippet of Dragnet. The famous music. Dragnet, the documented drama of an actual crime. For the next 30 minutes, in cooperation with the Los Angeles Police Department, you will travel step by step on the side of the law through an actual case transcribed from official police files. From beginning to end, from crime to punishment, Dragnet is the story of your police force in action. Wow. It was Tuesday, June 14th. Listen to those footsteps. Los we were working a night watch out of burglary detail. My partner's Frank Smith. The boss is Captain Bernard. My name's Friday. Okay, I think that's enough. <laughs> My goodness. If people would sit around and listen to that. Jesus. His <laughs> his voice is, in my opinion, quite boring. Yeah. Um, and it's funny, all of that like fully work. This was done live, you know. Yeah. At the time. And so it's just I love to imagine the little guy with like the footstep <laughs> little things he was clopping uh on a desk or whatever. Yeah. Um anyways, I fell asleep to that. But then when I woke up, I heard some news playing and they were talking about how last week uh, Paul Robeson was called before the House Un-American Activities Committee uh, for Un-American Activity. <laughs> right. And he, you know, had to go to Washington. So I didn't know this. I knew Paul Robeson as a great singer and actor. I did not know that he was actually a huge activist and supporter of the labor movement. And that's why they considered him a communist. On top of that, there was a man named Manning Johnson, who was a former National American Communist Party member. And he said in his testimony last week, that there were 2,000 black communists in the United States and claimed that Paul Robeson was one of them. But before we get into that drama, let's listen to Paul Robeson singing to Scottish miners in 1949. So he would do things like this, which I thought was really cool. Like he would go to, sh to strikes and support the striking workers. Usually. And before he went away... Of course. This from a newsreel. There's a little snippet of that. Wow. And I was just like, damn, he's a cool guy. Like, I didn't really know a ton about Paul Robeson, but... Because black people in general were put on trial, essentially called communists, Jackie Robinson was asked to come and make a statement this week to the House Un-American Activities Committee, and he decided to go instead of being subpoenaed. He went of his own free will, and I think some people would call him a coward for doing this, but Jackie Robinson at the time was the only black baseball player like his career was very tenuous and his reputation was very um scrutinized so i think he did something very courageous he came he gave a statement um saying that communists were bad just declaring that communists were bad and declaring that uh black people would fight against russia which is something that paul robeson said they wouldn't do um if it came to that but what was courageous is that he snuck in a little anti-racial discrimination, anti-Jim Crow law statement. And this was on television at the time. This was on the radio. This was like big news. And he's publicly saying, what I am focused on is fighting racial discrimination and creating 
laws that support racial equality. So I thought, hey, that was a very courageous thing to do. And I don't think poorly of Jackie Robinson for willingly testifying. Anyways, I was hungry after all of that. (laughs) And I wanted to get some food. So I went to Googie's coffee shop. Googie. Googie's? So there is a art style or a architecture style called Googie or Googie. I can't, I'm not sure how you pronounce it. Um, and this art style is um, like if you think of Norm's restaurant in Los Angeles yeah. or if you, you see this picture of this car wash. Yeah. That's the Googie style. And the um, name of that style is from this coffee shop in Los Angeles on sun- at 8100 Sunset Boulevard. It's no longer there. It no. was designed by John Lautner. And they they started calling this style of architecture Guji after this coffee shop. This coffee shop also later would be frequented by James Dean and was kind of like a Hollywood hotspot. Lenny Bruce got into a fight there in 1957. So kind of a historic coffee shop. Um, I wanted to check it out. It looked cool. What'd you get? I got a patty melt. Um, again, what happens in the past stays in the past, so I'm eating meat, I guess. <laughs> That's cool. I mean, to us, these cows are long dead. Right. And, you know, I, I feel like treatment was probably slightly more humane at this time. <laughs> Who knows? Who they knows? didn't have the factory <laughs> farming we have. Yeah. But um, just because they couldn't. The only reason it was less humane is because they they didn't have the technology to be as oh hum- yeah, they wanted to yeah be inhumane, but they just couldn't yet, yeah, mm-hmm. but I also had an egg cream, oh, that's nice, those are good, yeah, so then i I went to the movies i and I watched our movie that we have to watch, also caught some classic films, Third Man, Adam's Rib, and the heiress and I, I'm a big fan of Montgomery Clift, and look at how cute he is here in the heiress. Wow. What um, a and handsome guy. Olivia de Havilland. Um, I'll, I'll de Havilland. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> You'll de Havilland what she's Havilland? <laughs> yeah, I'll, yeah, thank you. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, that was my week. What do that you think? That sounds great. I love it. I wish I had had done it. What did you do? I'll tell you. I went to an original production of Arthur Miller's play, Death of a Salesman, oh! on Broadway. Wow. Featuring the actor Lee J. Cobb, directed by Elia Kazan. Both of them would go on to uh, name names to the <laughs> aforementioned whack. 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 Um, so, but yeah, I mean, it was the original production. It, it just came out. I had to I had to see it. Not a play I'm necessarily a huge fan of, but it's interesting. I read it in high school. And, Did it make uh, you sad? Yeah, I didn't uh, I didn't want him to die. Yeah. And I you know, I've it. I've heard people talk about salesmen and say like that play is pretty spot on. <laughs> Yeah. Like what life of, as a salesman is. Sure. But that's cool because, I mean, they stopped being friends, Arthur Miller and Ilya Kazan, after that. Very interesting. I went, I watched some TV. It's very early TV time right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are apparently Americans are buying 100,000 televisions per week. Wow. So it's just starting to get big. Uh, here's an ad for the RCA Victor. Uh, that I saw in a store. It says, um, it's got a testimonial from Jazz T. Tommen from Silver Spring, Maryland. And she says, the best entertainment investment we've ever made. And your installation men certainly know their business. Sounds like she's horny for the installation men. (laughs) Yeah. It does sound like that. Is she a bored housewife and these installation men came in and, you know. Your husband will love the the TV, <laughs> but you'll love the installation, man. 
Um, I I watched a very early TV show, a very early sci-fi show called uh, Captain Video and his Video Rangers. Yay! I I saw that this was a thing, but I didn't watch it. Um. Yeah. Let's take a little look. Post. P O S T. P O S T. The cereals you like the most. The cereals <laughs> made by Post. Take you to Great commercial. Mountain retreat of Captain Video, electronic wizard, master of time and space, guardian of the safety of the world. Wow. Fighting for law and order. Captain Video. I like the idea that video is like the most futuristic word they can think of. Mm-hmm. Possessing scientific secrets and weapons, Captain Video asks no quarter and gives none to the forces of evil. Stand by for Captain Video and his Video Rangers. Brought to you today by Post's Raisins. So much advertising. And cereal treat. Crisp flakes plus tender raisins. The raisins add flavor to the flakes. Yum. And the flakes add flavor to the raisins. Post. <laughs> <laughs> um, I really did like that. Uh, that catchphrase the f- the raisins add flavor to the, f- the flakes and the flakes add flavor to the raisins who's the snappy ad man who came up with that <laughs> regular don draper we've got there mm-hmm. it's funny that like when the internet came out people were like surfing the web or whatever and back then it was just like video <laughs> yeah captain video and his video rangers He's an electronic wizard. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, yeah. So TV. There's not much on right now yet. But um, it's like, you know, PS5, you know. <laughs> there aren't that many, like, exclusives for it yet, even though it's been out for a few years already. Yeah. Um, but there will be. But hopefully there will be. Uh, but with TV, there definitely will be um, some exclusives. Some TV exclusives. Like The Wire and Judging Amy. <laughs> um, I noticed that there's a channel called Dumont. There's like AB, or NBC, CBS, and Dumont. And that's like kind of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All the shitty shows are on Dumont. That's like the CW of the time. <laughs> it is. It's definitely the CW. Not much else. I got myself a uh, an original Sarah Lee... <gasps> Cream cheesecake. Ooh. Um, I wanted to know if it tasted different. Not that I'm eating a lot of Sara Lee cheesecakes in present day, mm-hmm. but I wanted to see if it tasted better. It's it's new, uh, just came out this year, um, and I tasted it. At this time, Sara Lee is just a chain of Chicago bakeries. So oh. in 1956, it'll be purchased by the Consolidated Foods Corporation, and I imagine <laughs> it becomes more you know, mass produced at that point. But it was pretty good. Yeah, nice. Sarah Lee. That's cool. I, nobody doesn't like it, and I'm one of them. <laughs> uh, just to wrap it up, you know I love to do the birthdays. Mm. Um, so uh, last month, Lionel Richie was born. Oh. And on the same day, uh, June 22nd, Meryl Streep and Elizabeth Warren. Wow. And then later this month, Michael Richards, disgraced actor and comedian, will be born. <laughs> it is nice to know who's a baby right now, so that if we have yeah. to kill anyone who becomes evil later. Yeah, Michael Richards, you know. We, we could, might. We, consider, we could. You know. But, but Seinfeld. All those, all those you know. laughs, you know. <laughs> right? Yeah. Seinfeld. We, we wouldn't have giddy up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, giddy up. So we got to weigh the pros and cons. Yeah, nobody on this list is anyone we should prevent from being born. No, yeah. A world without Meryl Streep? I wouldn't want to live it. A world without Hello by Lionel Richie? It's not a world at all. So yeah, that's what I did. You know I'm mostly a homebody, so I Mm -hmm. spent most of the time uh, watching TV and, you know, read some books. 1984 just came out. Wow. Yeah. Is it? Anyway. Were you, like, disappointed because it's not, like, the real 1984? I think it was just off by a few years, I like to say. (laughs) It was just off by a couple years. 
Adele, how would you have spent the week in the year 1949? I would have assisted in the facilitation of providing educational and technological advancements to society. Additionally, I would have eagerly followed the latest developments in science and engineering, both in academia and industry. Okay, very vague. Yeah. Could have said that about any time. And, you know, nerd. <laughs> yeah, super nerd. <laughs> so let's talk about this movie, Stas. What did you think of this thing? My overall thought, it's a real snooze fest stinker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. It's not just me. <laughs> What if everything we reviewed, I loved it and you hated it? <laughs> I was I was afraid that I was going to hate everything that we that we'd end up watching. No, we I well mean, Adele, please let us watch some good stuff. And and I understand Adele would think this is good because it won Academy Awards for Best Picture, Best yeah. Actor for Broderick Crawford, Best Supporting Actress for Mercedes McCambridge. And was nominated for directing, supporting actor, screenplay, and editing. Like, that's a lot to be nominated for. Yeah. And I thought all of those things were bad. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Go off. The screenplay was horrible. The screenplay was all over the place. There would just be, like, random narration that would pop up. Like, there wasn't voiceover narration throughout it was just random exposition that would happen. And, you know, if you've seen a film that has really good voiceover narration, it's not exposition. It's Shawshank Redemption. Yeah. <laughs> or even um, there's a film, I think that came out around this time called A Letter to Three Wives that has excellent voiceover it's done creatively. It's not just a scapegoat or like a easy way to exposition. Yeah. Anyways, the editing I thought was bad. The acting I thought was bad. It was just bad. Yeah. What did you think? <laughs> oh, I, I agree. And and I will say, you know, you did call it a snooze and I agree. But that's not to say that nothing happens in this movie. In oh fact, God. too many things happen in this movie. <laughs> And it jumps around so much. Like, the first, like, 30 to 40 minutes, like, we must go through, like, 20 years of, like, the setup of this guy's introduction to politics. And none of it is needed. No. (laughs) Absolutely none of it. It doesn't make any sense. Let me give a quick little synopsis of... Yeah. Because, yeah, I'm just going to preface the plot of this by saying it seems like... It's a poor man's Citizen Kane. Like, Citizen Kane came out in 1941. It didn't win any Oscars except for original screenplay. And it should have won all of them because it's, I think, a great film. I've heard that. (laughs) But this feels like they were like, we want to make a film about the rise and fall of a man in politics or like in public, a public figure. And they did it. Uh, in the worst way possible. Here's the IMDb one-liner. Um, it's the rise and fall of a corrupt politician who makes his friends richer and retains power by dint of a populist appeal. Yeah. There's... I would call him the main character, Jack Burden. He's a newspaper man. Yeah. but He's kind of the main character like Ishmael is the main character in Moby Dick. Yes, it's that's like a good point. You're looking at the Captain Ahab story through his eyes. Right. Um, but he's telling us the story of Willie Stark, who is a small, like, local man who criti- cri- is criticizing the politicians. And he, you know, he, he calls himself a hick and he says he pulled himself up by his bootstraps by studying the law and eventually becoming an attorney and then runs for office, loses because he doesn't have the money or know-how to win an election, but he learns how to win, which means he becomes corrupt. Yeah. And then it shows his reign of corruption as governor of an unnamed state. Uh, this is all like a fictional. Oh, I didn't notice this. Yeah. All I know, all they said was that there's a town called Springfield there. And there's a 
town called Kanoma City, and it's in Kanoma County. So I kind of oh, wondered yeah. if this was trying to be California, and that was yeah. Sonoma. Sonoma. Hmm, I don't know. These people didn't act like Californians, really. Yeah. So the the most shocking thing to me is that this is based on a Pulitzer Prize winning novel by Robert Penn Warren. Well, it sure didn't shock me that it was based on a novel because it did feel like the filmmaker was trying to jam too much every page of the novel into the movie somehow, which just didn't work. But did it shock you that it won a Pulitzer Prize? Yeah, that did <laughs> shock me. I mean, I don't know. Maybe they just didn't have, uh, the standards weren't as high back then. They didn't have good books in 1940. They didn't have good books. They just had Death of a Salesman yeah. in 1984 and and <laughs> this one. The, the thing that really, truly sucks is there are some great films that came out this year um, that did not win Oscars. Yeah. And some weren't even nominated. That being said, there were some moments where I was having fun watching this. Yes. Because it was so acted in an over-the-top melodramatic way. And yes. some of the lines are really funny. Um, there's a character named Dolph Pillsbury. <laughs> <laughs> Great name. <laughs> and I couldn't stop. Every time they say the word Pillsbury about 200 times in this movie. Yeah. What about the Pillsbury affair? See? <laughs> um and every time they said Pillsbury I laughed but and there's another guy named Tiny Duffy who's like a oh, corrupt yeah. uh like he's almost like a mobster who controls politics behind the scenes and Dolph Pillsbury says oh Tiny you're a card isn't he a card he's a card <laughs> um there was also a line where, or there was a conversation where they said boys way too much. So Jack Burden ends up working for Willie Stark when he's a corrupt politician. Yeah. And Willie Stark wants boys to hand out his like um, flyers or whatever. Yeah. And he goes, are these the boys? And someone else goes, no, these are the boys. That'll get you the boys. How many boys? 50 boys? Get me 100 boys. <laughs> that's a lot of boys. <laughs> so that's the kind of brilliant writing. <laughs> yeah. Some of the writing was really bad. There was a recurring set piece, I want to say, where they would have... Um, they would have these conversations in front of this portrait of his girlfriend's dead yeah who was <laughs> a former governor yeah and he has the most ridiculous like look on his face in this <laughs> portrait and they're having this like jack has his his uh girlfriend Anne in the movie and she's i guess the fought the daughter of this governor right yeah and the governor's dead like we never see him yeah but they're 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 having this like serious melodramatic conversation in front of this portrait and what does this guy look like? I mean, he's like a Vincent Price esque man, but he's he's got like one eyebrow raised and one lowered, and a big old smirk. <laughs> he's like, it's I know what funny. you're doing. Yeah, I fucking. laughed so hard at this at the scene with this painting. Yeah, it was wild. There was a lot of stuff like that too, where it's supposed to be a very serious. Oh. Here's an example of it. So Anne gets slapped around a lot. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. They're always shaking her and slapping her. And she has re no real personality or anything. She's just a no. tool in this. Um, and so many people shake her and she just flops her head back like a wet noodle and like <laughs> shakes her head around and throws herself to a couch or a bed and weeps and it's like so it looks so stupid um it's so poorly acted why is everyone shaking her like leave her alone <laughs> yeah i mean i feel like i could make a compilation of all the times they shake Anne, and it would seriously look like a fish flopping on the deck of a boat you know 
Yeah, obviously some pretty crappy attitudes towards women in this movie. Yeah. Um. So Willie Stark in the beginning, he loves his wife and everyone's like, wife, more like a nursemaid. Am I right? She's more like his yeah. nanny, you know? She doesn't like drinking and he doesn't drink. And then he finally, Sadie, who is like the mobster's mall, who then becomes uh, Willie Stark's like right hand woman, almost yeah. campaign advisor. I don't know. Yeah. But she's a bad girl and she she's gives got him sass. She's got sass. And her acting too, she'd be like, Was she pretty? Was she prettier than me? It's the bad acting that you expect from a nineteen forties film. And not all nineteen forties film I I have to say, hashtag not all nineteen forties films. <laughs> yeah, please. Because there's some really good ones, like the third man, you know, like that movie is genuinely very good and well acted, but this is this is what you expect this movie from yeah. the 40s. Exactly. Oh, I was going to say uh, Sadie gives him booze and all of a sudden he's like a good orator. orator. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, I wrote down in my notes, booze is good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it makes him a good politician, but it also makes him corrupt. It is. It's the thing that turns him corrupt is drinking his first taste of booze. Yeah. And then he cheats on his wife with Sadie. And mm-hmm. then he cheats on Sadie and his wife with Anne. Yeah. And so he's basically, I mean, there's a word f- for what he does to Jack that I don't want to say. <laughs> the C-U-C-K word? The C-U-C-K word, yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, poor Jack. His girlfriend is taken by this corrupt politician Anne is such an idiot, too, the whole time. Like, she's just, like, a stupid, mindless, crying, personality-less sack of meat. Like, (laughs) there's nothing to her. Sadie's a much more fun character, and that's the the woman who won the Oscar for Best Supporting Actress. It's a much more fun character, but I would almost say it feels like she's doing a comedic performance. It doesn't feel dramatic to me. And she gets slapped once, and her reaction to it is very funny. She does like, uh, like laughs at it. Yeah, in a very, in a very strange way. Lots anyway, of slaps. There's, there's slaps. I didn't, I didn't need to see all those slaps. Mm-mm. Throughout the movie, you know, you're getting signs that, uh, um, that Willie might go full Bullworth. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> He never, I mean, they didn't have rap yet, so he never starts rapping. No. And then he, you know, I think Bullworth didn't go quite as corrupt as Willie. So I think Willie, you know, veered in a different direction. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like in the scene where he drinks and starts orating, like that's a scene like something Bullworth might do. Yeah. He's talking about hicks. Yeah, you're a hick, I'm a hick, we're all hicks. Nobody helped a hick but a hick. Everyone's like, no, he can't say that. But the people love it. The hicks love it. (laughs) One of my biggest problems with this movie is that Uh the politics themselves are all extremely vague. Yes. And like, this is a very political time in U.S. history. Mm -hmm. House on American activities and the Red Scare and blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. But... The only, like, actual political things that he's saying in this movie are, like, politicians are bad. I want to build a hospital. Yeah. (laughs) He talks about building hospitals and roads constantly. Exactly. So, like, we don't know what party he's from. I mean, like, I could watch this and think it looks like a certain orange stinky man. I was going to say, there are some surprising parallels to the orange stinky man <laughs> oh yeah and the way it ends is like i mean he basically does a january 6th at the end yeah exactly i was i was watching that scene where he's trying to get a crowd riled up because yeah, he's he being impeached. impeached yeah so he for makes murder yeah for murder <laughs> Because he disappeared someone. <laughs> yeah, he disappears the father of the woman who his son accidentally killed in a drunk driving accident. Yes. And so he's being impeached for murder. And, <laughs> and he riles up his supporters and gets them to come down to City Hall or wherever it is. I don't know. Yeah. And 
gets a megaphone to constantly tell them to chant while the hearings are going on. They're very disruptive. They eventually storm, you know, <laughs> storm the Capitol or whatever. Yeah. I was capital. so shocked watching this thinking like, did Trump watch this movie and base his entire personality and campaign off of Willie Stark? Maybe. I mean, Trump doesn't drink famously, but maybe he did at some yeah. point. And that's what sent him on this. He had one drink. It It felt like a very pessimistic view of politics and government in general, because it kind of just felt like all politicians are bad. The only way to become a politician is to be corrupt. The populace is stupid. Like essentially it was saying like the common man is stupid. And that to me feels very anti-labor actually. Um, cause it's like, if people are protest, cause there's a bunch of protest scenes in this and like, you know, crowd scenes with signs and stuff. And it's like, all these people are dumb. They're being fooled, you know? And it's like, that's not a great perspective to have when the people know what they want and need and politicians refuse to give it to them. You know what I mean? The that part of it, you know, was the most interesting, and it was interesting how prescient it turned out to be. Towards the end, I was like, okay, at least it's got some like interesting ideas on like populism and like mm-hmm. what this kind of like candidate would be like. And obviously, it is accurate. I mean, in the in the aftermath of Hitler's rise to power, and you know, I guess Stalin and all of that going right. on. It all makes sense. It just was not a pleasant movie to watch and it it wasn't a good well-told story. No. On the screen. Not at all. I mean maybe the book is better, I don't know. I had never heard of it before <laughs> we watched this. Yeah. Oh, question. You know there's a movie called All the President's Men, right? Right. Yeah. Should this movie have been called All the Governor's Men? <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. All the President's Men is a good movie. Yeah, that's more interesting for sure. Yeah, I feel like the screenplay specifically for this felt absolutely horrible. Like it doesn't the movie doesn't get interesting until like you're you're like 45 minutes to an hour in. Yeah. I agree. When he takes his first drink. <laughs> when he takes his first drink. Um interestingly the the director of this movie did go on to be um investigated by the whack whoa he was whacked (laughs) he was whacked uh robert rawson he got whacked yeah should i think we've covered this movie there's so much that went on at one point the note that i wrote was i can't even keep writing down all the insane things that are happening in this movie no i it was the same i was like i can't write all this down this is like yeah there's a point where the guy is so drunk and Jack takes him to, of all places, a playground, sits <laughs> him down on a swing and gives him more booze. A crowded playground? It made no sense. The craziest thing to me about that scene is Willie's sitting on a swing set and there's kids on either side of him swinging and Jack keeps walking back and forth and none of the kids hit him on the swing. <laughs> They're like sweet. It's like it's almost like a a ballet of swings that he's just walking past. Like they they for some reason thought it would be a good idea to choreograph this like swing set scene. It's like, what's the point of this? And these two little girls walk up and Willie Stark just like shoes them away. And I was like, is this supposed to be like, oh, he's getting bad because he's hung over and shoes some kids away like am i supposed to was that did they write that scene so that i start disliking him i couldn't tell like what's the point of that scene yeah Ugh. and there was just so much stuff like that it, it was about yeah maybe we should just um yeah submit our reviews i just want to say at the very end um oh right a character we haven't even talked about yet uh, Dr. Adam Stanton um, mm-hmm. c- 
comes up to Willie while he's giving a speech and shoots him. And then Willie's little henchman, Sugar. <laughs> there are so many good names in this. Sugar shoots Dr. Adam Stanton, who instantly dies. Willie is sort of dying and says a bunch of nonsense like, Willie ruled the world. And then end of movie. <laughs> Yeah. It ends so abruptly. I forgot, yeah, I forgot even how. And I think Adam is... Uh, Anne's brother. Anne's brother, yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Too many characters, so much going on in this movie. Yeah. We haven't even discussed the judge and how no. they blackmail him and he commits suicide. And that's a huge part <laughs> of it, too. We're done. That's enough. There's too much. <laughs> we can't. We can't talk about this movie anymore. Yeah, Adele, we've discussed the movie. We're ready to review all the King's Men from 1949. Great choice. You chose On it. a scale of one to five <laughs> political scandals, how would you rate all the King's Men? Political scandals? That's okay. So we told Adele that she should tell us what to rate things. Yeah, on. what's our rating system? What's our rating system? So she's she wants us to rate it on a scale from one to five political scandals, which makes very little sense. Yeah. But I guess we got to do it. We got to do it. Do you want to go first, Anastasia? <sighs> hmm. I'm trying to think of like, what were the positives of this? Why would I give it any stars? <laughs> <laughs> well, you wouldn't. You would give it political scandals. I mean, political scandals. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I think I'm going to say one and a half because I did get some entertainment out of it you know the snooze fest for the first hour was rough it's about a two-hour movie but the the first half was a total snooze fest but the second half is cuckoo bananas yeah to the point that i got some entertainment out of it some of the lines were really funny it really made me think about all those stereotypes of the 40s you know and like so that was kind of fun yeah, at one point, um, Willie is surrounded by some of his uh, guys, and one of them goes, just give them the facts. And another guy goes, yeah, and the figures. <laughs> I mean, that's 1949 in a nutshell, right? Yeah, pretty much. So, yeah, 1.5 political scandals is my, that's how much entertainment I got out of it. Well, Stas, I'm glad your take on this film is basically the same as mine. Um, and I was worried because, I mean, this is a, an Academy Award winner. It's uh -huh. got 99% uh, on Rotten Tomatoes. Are you serious? <laughs> and to me, it's just not a good storytelling. It, no. I, I did not want to keep watching it at any point. Mm -mm. <laughs> I kept wanting to tap out. Yeah. Uh, but I didn't. I stuck with it. Um, some of the January 6th stuff at the end was kind of interesting, and I think that's enough to give it one and a half political wow. scandals as well. Okay, so this so is I'm not on the same page. This is not a river runs through it kind of situation. <laughs> no, I give it half half a an item more than I gave a river runs through it. Wow, but yeah, we we're on the same page this time. Okay, Adele, Anastasia, and I both give it one and a half. Political scandals out of a possible five. Thank you for your ratings. Given your scores, would you rather erase all the king's men from the annals of history or allow it to continue existing? <laughs> annals. Uh, I think to me, it's easy to just erase it. I mean, it seems already forgotten to time. I literally have not heard of any of the actors in this. So... Yeah, I'm voting for erase it. Yeah, I I would love to erase this from history. I agree. I didn't. I had never heard of the director. Never heard of the actors. Never heard of this movie at all. I think it's already essentially been erased. My only hesitation in erasing it is I love the name Dolph Pillsbury, but you know what? <laughs> I'll name one of my kids Dolph Pillsbury. And <laughs> oh my god, can I be the godfather? Can yeah, me and you Andrea can be, be godparents? Little Dolph's godparents. <laughs> Maybe better. I mean, isn't Dolph usually short for Adolf? Not this time. It's Not just this time. Dolph. It's just Dolph. Okay. <laughs> All right, Adele. 
Me and Anastasia both agree to erase it from history. Got it. All the king's men has been erased from history. Where and when will our time machine take us next? <sighs> That's a great question. Actually, um, we would love it for it to be home. Yeah, could, could you just send us home? Like, that um, would be great. Yes, we would love that. Let's see. Should we activate time travel? Oh, I'm crossing my fingers. I'm doing a little prayer. Please. 2023. Please, dear Lord. 2023. <laughs> 2023. 2023. 2023. Whoa. 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 And everyone was asking who shot JR? On the reboot of Dallas. The Matrix reloaded and finding Nemo were dominating the box office. Wow, we haven't been to the early 2000s yet. No. What were you doing in 2003? Uh, I was living in Los Angeles, uh, working at the movie theater. Maybe I had been promoted to assistant manager. I'm not sure. Whoa. Who knows? It was, uh, I was young. I was naive. I was annoying. Mm-hmm. I don't want to know me back then. <laughs> You're not going to go find yourself? No, I'm not going to go find myself. What about you? Uh, I was still in college. It was summer before my senior year. I was probably partying, having a great time. <laughs> Hell yeah. I don't remember, to be honest. Um, to the, the early 2000s, in my memory, are a bad time in yeah. America. Yeah. So let's see what was going on. There was all kinds of stuff going on. I'm sure we'll touch on it more uh, next week. What, Adele, do we have to watch for the year 2003 or, or listen to? Or what, what do we have to Yeah, what do we have to review? review? Your assignment this week is episode one of the British TV dramedy, 40-something. Starring Hugh Laurie. Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. Well, I'm looking forward to taking that in, right? Yeah. I've heard or not heard many things about that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this is going to be interesting. Um, At least we're not in the 40s anymore, but this maybe isn't a great time either. (laughs) Maybe not. No, uh, but we'll find out next week. We'll talk all about and we're still in July. So we're n- no reprieve from the summer heat. Yeah, we're still being baked. We're still getting baked. Um, <laughs> well, thank you all so much for listening. Anastasia, thank you for being my time traveling companion. I'm so sorry that I did this. I would, you know, Gabe, I would not survive something like this without you. I'm just it's nice to hang out, too. It's good to be with you, buddy. <laughs> yeah thank you you too um so thanks for listening everybody and we will see you next time Time. follow the show on instagram at timehole pod and visit our website timehole.biz andrew bear created our theme music andrea Tomingas designed our artwork many thanks to them both for more information Links and sources, check out the episode notes. Timehole is an independent production created by Anastasia Vigo and Gabe Dannon. <laughs>